Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cinema Soft Underbelly. I am your host, Eugene Weaver. And if you're listening, you know what the show is all about by now. Uh, all things horror, science fiction, fantasy, and gems in the rough. And uh, today I'm going to be doing a um, somewhat spoiler-ish uh, Star Wars review. Now, I know that I've been doing my top 100, and if I have time, I will continue on with the top 100. However, uh Everybody's talking about Star Wars, and so why shouldn't I? Uh, because, you know, it has so much history with me. And, you know, it's weird to think that sometimes I almost feel like it is exclusively my childhood. And it, it's not just, obviously, it's not just my childhood. There is, it, this, has, this has affected so many people throughout the world, Star Wars, dating all the way back to 1977. And, uh, and it's just so good to see, uh, to see, I don't want to say a resurgence because that was in the preview, but 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 the Star Wars that we grew up with and loved is it's back. It really is, and even though this may not be the perfect movie, it certainly is a very very worthy follow up to the original trilogy. And uh, just today, I want to spend some time on on my history with Star Wars, what it means to me. And what the new one means to me, and maybe there, like I said, there may be some spoilers. I will, uh, I will say right before I do spoil anything, so that you can uh, fast forward if you need to. Uh, but we'll see. So I want to start by saying, and, I, and I'm guessing that previously on uh, an underbelly. At this point, I've been doing this for over a year now, um, so. Sometimes I forget what I talked about, but I am sure that at some point I talked about my love of Star Wars and uh, the history that I have with the series and uh, what a history it is. I was six years old when uh, The Empire Strikes Back came out, and my parents are not really science fiction fans at all, and, but I will give them credit for this. They took me to The Empire Strikes Back in 1980 and um i remember that honestly i was six years old and i uh, that's probably some of if not the first memories that i have of um of my childhood is the empire strikes back um there's vague memories of like kindergarten and and family life but my first real strong vivid memory of the first thing I can remember is six years old. I'm 41 now, and it was when I was six years old when I saw Empire Strikes Back, and we went to, um, I mean, at the time, theaters were not like they were now, um, but, you know, it was a, I want to call it a mom-and-pop theater, but it was a, you know, three-screen theater in little Dover, Ohio, and uh, we got there late, and so the movie had already started, and obviously, if you're one of the population that has not seen The Empire Strikes Back, shame on you. It's one of the best movies ever made. But we open the door to go into the theater, and I remember all of this. And we walk in, and the screen was white. This is my first experience of a movie theater screen, was this gigantic white screen, because it was on Hoth. And so all you see is snow and 
white and then a man riding some two-legged beast. Uh, later, I would find out that it was a Tauntaun, and uh, that was Han Solo, I believe, at the time. We got there a little bit late, so I think that he may have already been looking for Luke, maybe. Um, but regardless, that was my first memory. And then and the Hoth stuff is what I remembered the most. And um, even at six years old, um, when Han Solo gets frozen in carbonite and the whole I love you, I know, that scene, directly followed by, by Luke Skywalker losing his hand and I am your father, that stuck with me so much. Even at six years old, uh, it was such a heavy movie. But that movie, along with uh, Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, truly, uh, those are the two movies that uh, cemented my love for cinema, all things cinema. That's why I'm the fan of movies that I am today, is because of those two movies and my experiences with those two movies when uh, when I first watched them, and I've already talked about The Shining and how I watched that the first time on, on network television when my mom and dad were outside tending to the garden and I was sneaking watching this this horror movie, the first horror movie I ever saw, and it was fantastic, obviously, and I was hooked, but Empire Strikes Back was my first foray into science fiction. Uh, after that, they re-released the, uh, the, the New Hope in the theaters, and that was my first experience with A New Hope. I mean, back then, this is in the days before VHS, um, before DVD, Blu-ray, Laserdisc, all that stuff. This is, you watch the movie in the theater, the end. And they did a re-release of A New Hope. And I remember that one as well. Not as well as Empire Strikes Back, but I do remember being so super excited for that. And this, all of this stuff happened like right around the same time. Like um, they re-released A New Hope and I, my mom took my sister and I, uh, and I, I believe that Kathy Marner and her son Eric Marner and possibly Jamie, we all went to watch A New Hope. And... Um, uh, I never got to see Return of the Jedi because in the theater in '83 because I was I was obsessed and infatuated with the Star Wars movies and to the point where that's all I thought about and so uh, so I wasn't allowed to go see that because I I had asked too many times to go see that same with with uh, Goonies and Gremlins so thanks mom and dad that was was great uh, however I was able to watch all three Indiana Jones movies in the theater. Yeah, especially Raiders of the Lost Ark and Temple of Doom, um, way before I should have been allowed to, because those were pretty violent movies for their time. Anyway, um, back to Star Wars. So uh, those are my two experiences with Star Wars as a young kid. Flash forward to 1996, and then in between there, you know, whenever they would be on television, uh, you'd watch them, and with the with uh, VHS coming out, we of course made sure that they were taped on, we being myself and I'm sure Eric Marner, uh, but myself, I would I taped them off of uh, network television and watched them over and over and over and over, especially Empire Strikes Back, because that is the best Star Wars movie of uh, the entire series, and I still stand by that today, because I watched all of them um, fairly recently on Blu-ray. So flash forward to 1996, and we have the special editions with George Lucas's added scenes that for the time, wow, that is so cool. Look at the CGI creatures and uh, look at Jabba the Hutt 
and now by the Millennium Falcon in A New Hope. And look at Cloud City. It looks so much better. And look at uh, the singing uh, singing tween band of aliens in uh, Jedi. Wow! Except not so much. And, you know, I'm not going to trash the, the George Lucas versions. Uh, I... You know, it's another part of my history. I uh, after '96, that's that's those are the versions that I remember from that point on, um, and I enjoy them, warts and all. Even though he keeps t- he kept tinkering with them, um, I do think that Empire is was left the most unscathed, and the additions to to Empire, uh, I actually like um, and almost prefer to the original Empire. Uh, I like the uh, the snow beast in the beginning of uh, of Empire Strikes Back. I do like the Cloud City scenes. I think that those are pretty good. Um, there's a scene with uh, Vader uh, once Luke jumps in the very end. It shows Vader heading back to a Star Destroyer and ship. I, I liked that. Um, and they fixed up some of the Hoth battle. So all that stuff that works, and it that's it's not intrusive. A New Hope, it was very intrusive, and Jedi as well. Even the Sarlacc pit, I'm like, what? Now the Sarlacc pit, look, pit looks like uh, uh, the Little House of Horrors. Is that what it's called? I think Little Shop of Horrors. The the the, the man-eating creature thing, the plant. I'm like, what? That looks goofy and silly. And now CGI tentacles coming out, and yeah. Um, and now the Ewoks blink, and, and the, those little things there don't bother me as much as the main things like the, the stupid musical number in Jedi. And uh, obviously New Hope has a bunch of stuff. And I will say this, and I'm kind of going down a rabbit trail here. Um, I recently found out that a group of editors got together, and they took the Blu-rays of the Star Wars series, and every other existing source they could find, DVDs, Laserdiscs, HD TV broadcasts of the theatrical versions, 35 millimeter film prints, um, still images, whatever they could find. They took everything and they went back and color corrected and basically remade in high definition the original trilogy as they were seen in 1977, 1980, and 1983. And I have these movies. And I skimmed through them, and I will say, I'm happy to report, that uh, this is what they looked like in the theater. And now, honestly, I was pretty young when when I saw the first two, but seeing the side-by-side comparison, and this is not just taking out the silly CGI stuff that Lucas put in. Uh, This is color-correcting everything. So uh, when you watch, if and when you watch the Blu-rays, they have a different color scheme, uh, especially Empire Strikes Back. feels very much more of a cold, bluish tint. Uh, these guys went and warmed the picture up, so it's more of a natural look instead of a processed, cold blue look. The laser blasts in A New Hope, when they're on the Death Star, uh, they have a pink uh, look when they shoot, and that's because the color, the, the, the color scheme has been changed. It is now back to what it used to look like, and so when when they're firing their uh, when the stormtroopers are firing their rifles, it's a red blast on the screen. Uh, 
noticeable, like side by side. It's like, wow, that that's different. Uh, there's just numerous things. Obviously, Han shoots first again. Uh, the horrible job of the hut scene is cut out. Um, and even stuff that I have now grown to really like uh, has been taken out, and the original stuff has been put back in. With the ILM uh, space battle in the end, there's a lot of little things that Lucas tweaked for the special editions that, that really did work. And now they're much more, they, they much more have a, the look of models, you know, uh, models and uh, the camera tricks instead of higher tech CGI. Um, I do like the fact that the Death Star blows up like it used to. Um, so we don't have that, that CGI ring. Um, and even at the very, very end with Luke Han, uh, Chewbacca walking down the aisle. It is now in its original uh, version where there, it's, there's a matte painting there and uh, it, it, the color palette has been changed. It's just really, really cool to see this. So um, George Lucas claims that it could never be done, that we'll never see the original trilogy in theatrical format. Um, and I find it very, very funny that a group of group of guys or group group of people got together, got all existing f- footage that they could and made it like it was in the theater. So, you know what? Yes, it can be done. And I think that hopefully, fingers crossed, Disney, I'm not sure how the rights are for the original trilogy uh, and with what Fox previously had. I'm not sure where that all falls um, and what Lucas owned, and all, but it can be done. And if these guys can do it, Surely someone at Disney or Fox can get the actual real film elements from back in the day and do a true remaster. This is as good as it gets for for a while. And trust me, they look really, really good. Uh, I'm really happy with these things. But sometime, surely sometime, we're going to see the original trilogy unaltered on Blu-ray. Or at that point, who knows, maybe a 4K restoration on a 4K device of some sort. I don't know. I'll be there. Definitely be there. Anyway, I would spend some time talking about the uh, the prequels, but why? I, I'm not going to rip on them. They are what they are. Uh, when they came out, I quite enjoyed all of them, immensely, actually. Uh, I watched the first two uh, twice in the theater, and Sith, the best of the bunch, I only watched once. But um, obviously, upon rewatching, they're not near as good. There's tons of flaws. Um, but you know what? There's still some really, really great stuff in each and every uh, prequel movie. Um, Pod Race and Darth Maul in Phantom Menace. And uh, I, I actually really enjoy the Camino scene in uh, Attack of the Clones. Uh, and there's a couple other really cool scenes in Attack of the Clones. And then Sith is, like I said, the best of the bunch. There's some really good stuff in there. And George Lucas really tried to cut back on the silly humor. Um, and he did, and it worked. That, that definitely worked. We still had Hayden Christensen in it, though. I think that either he wasn't directed well or he was horribly miscast. Uh, but anyway, they are what they are. Uh, they're canon. They are a part of the Star Wars universe. And for that... Uh, I you know it is what it is. I do. I am very curious if uh, if Disney will use any of uh, of the prequels in the new series 
going forward or if they will pay homage to those. I know that Ewan McGregor's voice was used ever, ever, ever so briefly in A Force Awakens, but now, and that's not a spoiler because seriously, if you wouldn't even know it, I don't know if you would even recognize it. So it's not really a spoiler. It's just a little thing that is in there. Um, but I am very curious to see, are they actually going to go the whole midichlorians route? Um, are they going to get back into the whole Senate and uh, trade embargo, any of that stuff that didn't work and was confusing in the prequels? Are they going to even hint at that stuff? I mean, I, I think that they, they might sprinkle it throughout maybe a little bit, but uh, I will be surprised if we ever see a Gungan again in, uh, in a Star Wars movie. And if we do, it will be probably a very fleeting, comedic, almost poking fun at moment. Uh, and I can see that, so... Anyway, that's the prequels. I did. I will say, I had a blast watching them in the theater. All of them. It was. It was great. And even even the original trilogy when they were re released as special editions, um, those were so much fun to go to the theater again and watch. And they did so well. And it was like watching Star Wars all over again for the first time when you get to go to the theater. And especially, it's like, oh, that's new footage. Look at that. Wow. Look at that CGI. It's so cool, isn't it? Uh, so uh, that was great. I've had a great time watching all of these movies. And, and honestly, now that I think about it, uh, Return of the Jedi, that was the first time that I ever got to see Return of the Jedi in the theater uh, because, uh, like I said, I wasn't able to see that when I was a kid. Uh, and now Return of the Jedi, I do remember um, that was one movie that I believe it was two different on two different occasions – um, I could be wrong. I know. I know one for sure. I was. Uh, I was. I went to see Back to the Future at the Quaker Theater in New Philadelphia, Ohio, and it was a two-screen theater. My mom took me, and because there was the whole embargo against me seeing anything Star Wars in the theater again, uh, the other movie playing opposite uh, Back to the Future was Return of the Jedi. It was still on, and I just I couldn't believe it. I'm like, and, and of course, then you know, Back to the Future turns out to be. Um, even better than Jedi, and one of one of the greatest movies ever made. But I remember going to the theater thinking, I cannot believe this. Right beside me is Return of the Jedi, and I'm watching this. But it all worked out. I mean, it was. I'm I'm so thankful and happy that I got to see Back to the Future in the theater, and then eventually I did get to see Return of the Jedi complete with silly dancing CGI. Uh, Lamos, whatever. Uh, anyway, uh, so on to the Force Awakens. There, there might be some spoilers here. I will let you know ahead of time if there is. I just want to give you my brief synopsis on what I thought about the movie, how uh, my feelings about it. So, first off, I saw it in uh, Cinemark's equivalent of the smaller digital IMAX theaters that. AMC has, and that is called the XD Theater. And, um, you know, after watching Phantom Menace in 3D, uh, I was, uh, which was very disappointing. In fact, there may have been one, maybe two scenes worthy of, not even worthy, but like, oh, that was kind of neat. Otherwise, Phantom Menace was a complete ripoff watching that in 3D, but eh, watch the Phantom Menace again in the theater. And I remember that was before Lucas, George Lucas sold. Uh, Lucasfilm to Disney, they were going to remaster and re-release uh, all of the Star Wars movies in 3D in the theater. And, well, then Disney bought bought Lucasfilm, and that was kiboshed. And honestly, good. I would have been suckered into all of them in the theater. And you know what? At this point, 
I'm glad that they're not going to do the whole 3D route with all of them, especially the original trilogy, because what I think should happen, personally, I think that they should remaster the theatrical versions and re-release those in the theater. And I think it would go gangbusters. I think that people would line up to see those original theatrical versions um, and then even like two weeks later release them on Blu-ray or something like that. Uh, But a special limited one-week only engagement or something like that, honestly, I could see that happening. Um, but anyway, I'm glad that they did away with the whole 3d thing. But, um, so the XD theater, I got tickets. It, the, I tried to get them the night they went on sale, uh, months and months ago, uh, but it, the system crashed. And so I had to get tickets the next morning. Well, the Thursday night shows were sold out. I want to go Thursday night. Well, that's fine. We'll go Friday. No problem. I got tickets to the XD theater, um, 3d showing. And I'm like, ah, it's Star Wars. It doesn't feel like it should be in 3D. So the day comes, and I go to the theater. And um, and I watch it in 3D. And so I'm going to comment on the 3D before I get into the, any of the plot points or any, any of the cool stuff in the movie. The 3D, um, I am now to the point where it has to be exceptionally good for me to, uh, to go to see 3D. And unfortunately, it's still... It still takes three takes precedent over the two D versions at the theater, so it's a lot easier to watch a three D movie than a two D counterpart because it makes they get more money for their tickets, and so they push the three D showings a lot more. So it's just a lot more difficult to watch two D movies. Um, I am happy to report that the three D version of Force Awakens is quite good. Uh, it's not gravity good, and at this point, gravity is kind of the one that I go to as a this is spectacular and you should see this in 3D only because the movie itself, while entertaining enough, I guess, is fantastic, phenomenal in 3D. And Star Wars Force Awakens, that's probably the only time I'll watch that in 3D. I don't want to say that for sure. I, I you know, Once it's released on Blu-ray, I might pick up the 3D Blu-ray. We'll see. But... For me, I'm, I, I saw it. It had some fantastic scenes in 3D. The main one, honestly, was uh, just out of the blue, a random Star Destroyer shot. Just static Star Destroyer shot, just hovering in space. And the thing was just popping out of the screen. It was actually funny. It was popping out of the screen that much. It was really cool. And there was a lot of other scenes that, that worked good, that were really good. But again... You take the glasses off and you're like, oh, okay, now it's now it's a lot brighter. And so for me, watching a Star Wars movie, I would I would rather it brighter than wearing those sunglasses in the theater because that's essentially what you're doing. You're wearing sunglasses in a theater in a dark room. I will say if you are a fan of 3D, you're a big fan of 3D, you should check out uh, Force Awakens in 3D. If you're like, eh check out the 2D version, but I don't think that you'll be disappointed with the 3D if if uh, you do pay money to watch the 3D version, strictly because they do a good job. Uh, this was a post-converted movie, but they do a really good job. Some of the scenes are really impressive. So, movie itself. Um, so here's where we might get into a, just a bit of spoilers, and at this point, uh, I think that most of you will know that... This movie apes not just the original trilogy, but really pays homage to A New Hope. Almost to 
its detriment. Um, that would probably be my biggest complaint of the movie. And you've, and it, this is no spoiler here. You've seen on the the, the poster, um, and even bits and pieces on the trailer. There is a new Death Starish type thing. Um, it's featured on the on the poster. And um, when I saw that poster, I'm like, really? Are you you're going to do the whole Death Star thing again? I'm like, well, we'll see what the movie does. Well, it's still a Death Starry type thing, like the poster, like the poster showed. Um, honestly, that's my biggest that's my biggest complaint about the movie is that even the other things that they did that were very similar to A New Hope, and you know, to a certain extent, Jedi and Empire Strikes Back. I mean, you got. A cold, snowy planet. You got a forest planet. So I'm like, oh, Hoth and Endor and Tatooine. So you get that, um, but it's not jarring. Like the, I don't know the whole. I think it's called the Star Killer. Uh, it's like okay, you you know you, you we had two Death Stars already, and now a third one really. Um, but you know what? I, maybe upon repeat viewings, I might like it more. Um, but. Uh, and, and I think that, that a lot of this is going to go along with the characters as well. Uh, Finn was fantastic, had the some of the funniest lines in the movie. And this movie is genuinely funny. The humor works. It's not stupid, goofy uh, CGI characters stepping in alien poop uh, and floppy ears and silly you know, shaking their mouths and spit flies out. This is genuinely funny interactions with human characters uh, that are laugh-out-loud moments. And that, that actually remind me of the original trilogy, especially with Han. Han has some really funny lines in A New Hope, in all of them, and he does here as well. And, uh, and on top of that, uh, not just the humor, but the emotion and the emotions of the characters. And I, I don't want to compare them to the, the prequels, but you genuinely feel like you're in a Star Wars movie, that these people are in true danger, that there is a definite eminent threat from a dark side, not wait. Now are these are these Chinese speaking trade embargo and federal trade people? Are they bad guys or who? Dooku is he the bad guy or what? Um, here it is very much like the original trilogy. Here's the resistance and here's the bad guys that are up to no good using the dark side. They look like the dark side. Therefore, they are the bad guys, and they do a great job of setting them up, especially for future installments. This is very much a setting things up. A lot of things are unanswered in this movie, but not to the movie's detriment. Uh, it, it makes you want more. Uh, the ending, I, I don't want to say it haunts me, but it honestly, it almost haunts me, the ending of the movie. I'm not going to spoil that, of course, but it was so good, and so I was expecting similar to what I got. But afterwards, I'm like, oh, it just gives me goosebumps. Uh, and I can't wait. It makes me, like, it honestly makes me, like, uh, I got to get through Rogue One, which is going to be the jumping back to A New Hope about the uh, Rogue One squad that steals the plans of the Death Star. That's coming next year. And I'm like, oh, I got to get through that before I can get to Episode 8. Um, how weird is that? As I, I've got to get through another Star Wars movie to get to the other one that I want to watch even more. We live in a great time right now of star in the star Wars universe to where Disney is just all in video games, toys, 
the product is out there and movies, 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 and probably some TV shows. I hope it doesn't get oversaturated because um, I'm already feeling a little bit of oversaturation with uh, the Marvel Universe. Uh, just a little bit. Uh, and I hope it doesn't get like that for Star Wars. But I will say this. If they release a Star Wars movie a year for the rest of my life, thank you. Even if some of them suck, thank you. Let's get that universe expanded and keep it going uh, and the good news is these are going to do good, which means that other uh, studios are going to piggyback off of that. Let's make our own science fiction movies. Let's try and capitalize on that. Just like superhero movies, we're seeing an influx of superhero movies. I think that we're going to see an influx of cool science fiction movies that are – Star Trek is back uh, – that are going to really going to try and ape the Star Wars series and bring it on. I am all for more spaceships blowing up other spaceships in outer space and aliens and all that great stuff. So um, anyway, boy, I got through a somewhat mini review of A New Hope, or A New Hope, uh, close, uh, Force Awakens without any real spoilers. Uh, so, and my final re- my final score right now of The Force Awakens is 4.5 out of 5 stars. A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back get perfect 5 out of 5s. Jedi gets probably a 4. This one here is better than Jedi and certainly better than all the prequels. It is neck and neck with A New Hope. Neck and neck. I've only watched this once. Give it some time. I want to see where, where I stand on this movie once I watch it another 10 times. Uh, but right now, it is neck and neck with A New Hope. Empire Strikes Back, still the best Star Wars movie ever made. But not by much. There, this one here, J.J. Abrams, my hat's off to you. you. You did it. You did something that was very, very difficult to do. That are a lot of a lot of people were um, thinking you weren't going to do it. New lens flare, blah 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 blah. No, no, you did it, buddy. And uh, I'll say this too. I still think J.J. Abrams Star Trek movies are sweet. So there, take that, nerds. Um, check out uh, Force Awakens in the theater. Please support this movie. I'm, obviously, people are, but um, I want to see this thing break Avatar's all-time record so bad. I think that would be so cool to have uh, Disney and Abrams come in and just clean house. I think that would be great. Not that I don't like Avatar, but this movie, to me, even though Avatar was important and it still is, uh, this movie is more important. This movie is a cultural phenomena that we won't see. I, I don't know if I'll see this again in my lifetime. I don't think that the future of Star Wars installments will be this big, strictly because people have waited this long for something like this to come out. Um, you know, Next year, Rogue One, people are going to be excited, and it's going to make a boatload of money, but the, the hype won't be there like it was for this. And to, to see it deliver on so many levels is so impressive. So um, can't wait to see where they take Kylo Ren and Rey and Finn and the rest of the cast. I can't wait. It's going to be so, so, so good. And if they were aping A New Hope in this one, I can only imagine that the next one might be a bit Empire Strikes Back-ish, which, ooh, I can't wait. It's going to be so good. So, anyway, I've now gone past my half-hour mark, but I had to get a Star Wars episode out of the way, and next time, more than likely, I will be back at my top 100, whittling that down, and obviously, you're going to be hearing more about Star Wars in my top 100. That's going to do it for me today. Please make sure to tune in to Movie Freaks. We're actually recording a new episode tonight with our new co-host, Jess Hicks. Always great to have her on the show. Uh, it gives us just a little bit more credibility, I think. Uh, so 
great fun to be had on our next episode. We're going to be hitting on a bunch of Christmas movies that we've watched, and the roulette is going to be epic. Trust me. And, of course, make sure to tune in to Cinema Sidekicks, our friends over there. You can find them on iTunes. Uh, Steve and Ty, they're doing their own thing, and I'm, I know that Steve has watched uh, The Force Awakens, and I cannot imagine that Ty would not have seen that movie as well. Uh, so tune in to them. Give them a thumbs up. Give them a listen. Uh, thanks, obviously, for listening to my little show, and you can get a hold of me at eugene-weaver at hotmail.com if by any chance you want to say hi, tell me about a movie you saw, uh, all that good stuff, and I'm going to quit rambling. That's it for me today. Thanks again for listening.